Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 48. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week on the show, we interview Jenny Lawson, founder of Mimosa Beauty, UK's first 100% eco-friendly salon, where we'll discuss the idea of building a business around eco-innovation. As always, we top off the show with our upcoming Forest Academy webinars. This podcast is produced every Monday morning for your enjoyment with a cup of coffee on your day off. Now, let's get into the show. Good morning, Killian. Morning, Zoe. So interested about this one because this one actually came across an article that you found from Mimosa Beauty's Instagram. Exactly, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. It's 100% eco-friendly salon, the UK's first 100% eco-friendly salon. So Mimosa Beauty is a multi-award winning luxury skin and beauty salon and medispa in Essex. And uh, I'm really curious to see how exactly she got around to get 100% equal friendly because to me there's like I, there's some parts of it that I really don't understand how exactly you got to that point yeah like it, it sounds like it'd be a really expensive process to go about anything like that because mm. you know yourself when you buy kind of like eco free range things like those you're always paying that little bit more so yeah like I guess we'll find out I guess we'll find out <laughs> so without further ado we have Jenny Lawson on the line here hi Jenny welcome to the show hi hi so, Jenny, you are the UK's first 100% eco-friendly salon. And while yeah. we're dying to get into that, we're just going to kind of, like, we'd love to know a bit about yourself first. And I suppose how you got into this whole, um, the angle of, I want my salon to be 100% eco-friendly. <laughs> um, well, I've been in the industry uh, 10 years now. Uh, it'll be 11 next year. I started at 17. Um and trained up in London. And then I, I've had spa experience. Um, I worked up in Staffordshire for nine months in a spa, um, then local salon, and then I went and worked for Virgin. So I kind of had this tick list, a bit like I do with everything in life. Um, I wanted to kind of tick off all these things. I wanted spa experience because I wanted to see how a spa ran. I wanted small salon to see what it was like right at the bottom. And then I went into corporate because I just wanted to see what it was like kind of within a team within a franchise um, and then set out on my own in January 2012. Um, that had always been the aim. I guess it kind of, it took a lot longer than I thought just because I ended up staying places a lot longer than I'd planned. Right. Um, but I think that just happened when you kind of get into a bit of a rhythm and what I'd learned about being in salon versus being in spa was just about client base and building up a client base and having your rapport with people that when you're when you're working in a spa, which is just, I can't even imagine going back to it now, that you only see people once. So you almost need to have a repeat of, hi, how's your day going? Hi, so have you enjoyed the pool? Hi, so, oh, God. Yeah. It comes repetitive small <laughs> oh, talk. No, you can just imagine, can't you? You yeah. have this little yeah. repeater. Um, but that's what it was like. And I, I was seven, I was 18. Um and it was the best experience I had because it just teaches you time management and teaches you how critical that is, which I don't think a lot of people really get the experience of. But when you've got a 30-minute allocation of you need to get that person from the waiting room naked on your couch, massage them for 25 minutes and then back out and back in the room and you've got the next person in within 30 minutes, it's, yeah, it teaches you. So you were saying you were working in the salon and what I found really interesting is a lot of people we talked to, they've spent most of their careers in the salon, but you actually decided to go more corporate and move away from the salon for a while. So, uh, well, it was it was a salon. Uh, Virgin was a salon. So it was a spa. Uh, they were their salons within their gyms. Okay. Uh, Virgin. It was Virgin Spa, V Spa, Heaven V. Um, I don't know if they've rebranded again now. Um, but I just wanted to see what it was like within 
a bigger organization. Oh, I get you. Okay, um, so move away from the smaller business, is it? Yeah, yeah, because obviously learning it all now, um, bigger places are a lot more systemized because they have to, because they're franchises. Um, I wish I could go back in now just for like two weeks and just pick it all apart again. Um, whereas you never do when you're actually in that space. You never think, oh yeah, when I've got a salon and I've got a team of five, I'm going to have to remember how we did those one-to-one things. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all different now. It's a different so, game. So with all that background, like what was your vision when you set up Mimosa Beauty without talking just about the, the eco-friendly just yet, just like vision about how to run your business in general? Well, I've only become completely eco this year. Um, so the new building I launched in March this year. So before that, I was on my own for five and a half years. Mm. Um, my big thing was to put people at the core of my business, um, which doesn't come from like lowering your price and putting yourself lower to be able to accommodate every single person. It comes from the fact that people were the reason I was doing what I do. Um, because I love what I do. I'm really, really lucky. I'm really blessed. I, I found a career very early on that I'm very happy in um, and that I have excelled in. And I think that was my that was my focus, especially coming from a corporate, like coming from Virgin, I know offense, but you are, you are so targeted. You're target focused. If you don't bring mm. in that six and a half grand or four and a half grand or whatever you're targeted to, every single person that you look at is a money is a money machine. You yeah. have to look at them at how much they're going to spend, how much retail are they going to spend, what kind of course you can sell them. Yeah. And I probably have not necessarily put me off in my own company, but my staff aren't targeted. And yeah, maybe maybe that's not necessarily the right way to get staff motivation. But at the end of the day, I don't want them looking at my clients like they're money. I want them looking at them like they're people. And I want them to look at them from a, a part of empathy, where, which is where I come from. Yeah. Of actually, okay, this person's a human being and they're walking through my door and how can I help them? Yeah, it's true because like, when you get that's to... That's always been my ethos. So, and it's, it's self-respect. It's, it's also a mutual respect. Um, I've done a really big self-respect piece with my staff now um, with no-shows just because actually... We get people that are really snotty about it because we charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and my argument is actually it's really disrespectful. It's our time. And if we respect ourselves as therapists and we respect our worth and we respect that actually we do know what we're talking about and we are experts in what we do and our time is worth what people pay for it, then why should we not be charging for no-show appointments? I think it's, just, it's building a respect and a rapport with people that you're not, you're not just a... You're not just a check out at Tesco's you're actually a human being and if you respect them as a human being they'll respect you back yeah well like you were saying you've got 10 years under your own belt so like, yeah. that that's not just 10 years of you working in a salon that's that's 10 years of you upskilling learning building a team yeah. and upskilling <laughs> your own team like you're not going to go into a doctor's and go can I get a discount off of a, a visit or anything like that and oh, all oh, professionals no, we, now we have, have no shows we have we have a one line written on our desk on a post-it note. We do not negotiate on price. Yeah, no, d- um, completely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, when people say, "Oh yeah, but like that," um, yeah, but you can you can discount that, right? Because you're the boss. It's like we do not negotiate on price. Mm. And, th- and that's very Deep fair. Breath. <laughs> So if we move in a bit into the eco-innovation part, uh, so what, yeah. so what does it what does this term mean for people who wouldn't necessarily know uh, what, it, what it involves exactly? 
Okay, well, eco-innovation is about re-innovating business to become more uh, eco-friendly and sustainable. So how, how did you, um, like... Come up with that, it's not mine. Um, there is a company called Parlay. Yeah. Um, it was basically the salon became eco because it was just a series of events that happened. That kind of it was like a domino effect. You you say one thing and then the whole kind of domino happened. I joined a mastermind, a business mastermind, last eighteen months ago. Um, and that kind of when you're really trying to find your purpose. Yeah. in the world which sounds really deep um, but when you're really trying to find who you are and why you're here um, when you go that far and for me it was I want every single person on this planet to be able to have clean water and to be able to for me I'm a scuba diver so ocean is my thing and the fact that there's so much plastic in the ocean it was like okay well that's what I want I want a clean planet so let's start by having a clean ocean and then later down the line, we can get to people. Um, but then I met uh, a lady in at a TEDx talk who was talking about deep beauty, which yeah. was the, which is the regeneration of beauty, and how she works within water systems and waterways to um, plant plants that basically feed off poo. Yeah. which is incredible it's insane it's insane her work is insane she's it sounds really interesting in I think I have actually seen yeah. that one yeah it, her, her TED talk's amazing I'll have to find the link for you guys but it's all basically she grew up with her dad working in waterways and there are all these beautiful flowers that regenerate off what we put into the water so they feed off it and so she has spent her life she goes around the world and she's worked in the Philippines and she basically cleans waterways through plants yeah which is just insane. So I, I spoke to her, and I was, I'm really proactive. So after I saw her talk, I went and got her card, and I met up for her with her the next day, and just said, "Look, I, what you're doing is incredible." And I had this huge eco passion project that I wanted to do, which is, has gone off. Yeah, I wanted bamboo in Bali, and God knows what else. Um, and I spoke to her about it because I needed a designer to design this thing that I wanted to make. And she turned around, and she was like, "Didn't you say you own a beauty salon?" I was like, yeah. She went, so why is your salon not eco? <laughs> so and the right first words that came out of my mouth were, it's not physically possible. And that's what we were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right up until now, um, this was just you kind of wanting to do it for yourself. You never even had the salon going eco-friendly uh, in no, mind up no, until no, now. No, no, no. I, no, I got questioned as to why I wasn't. Yeah. If I if I if my if my vision for myself is to be able to have a clean ocean and a clean planet, why am I not walking my walk? I was like, oh yeah, but it's, it's fine because I'll just create another project that's eco and <laughs> ignore the fact that all my money is coming from something that actually isn't sustainable. Like when she questioned you about that, like why is your salon not eco? What were what was your reaction? Uh, you know, in terms of like after you went, but that's not possible. You know. Yeah, it was kind of like, well, okay, she's got a point. I was quite kind of frustrated. I walked away being like, okay, well, maybe she's got a point, but I honestly think this is completely ridiculous and it's not possible. And she was going on about hair salons and recyclable towels. And I'm like, yeah, that's so not sustainable. Like, recycling towels is not sustainable. Um, and then I went to a Virgin Disruptors event and heard um, Cyril speak, who is the founder of Parley. And he talked about eco-innovation and how that as entrepreneurs and as business owners we have we are obliged to be supporting our planet 
Um, and, oh, God, the images that he shows are of seagulls that are full of plastic. And he was like, they say we've got 20 years. We haven't. We've got six. He said anybody who is sitting here who um, has got a business needs to start making it sustainable because otherwise this planet is not going to survive. Jeez, so that... And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that must have um, been a, a, a massive wake-up call for, for anyone yeah. who was at that talk. Yeah, any, anybody, anybody in that room. And I'm saying this, this guy who's just designed these plastic bottles. <laughs> and he's like, oh, dear. You're like, yeah, dude, I think you might need to re-sign that one. Um, and kind of from then on, I think that was in uh, October last year. So this was only um, a year ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I had got planning... I'd applied for planning in the September for my building that I'm in. And that was kind of when I went, okay, we need to do something now. When you see images like that, you're sitting there and the whole, you're in an amphitheater and the whole bloody thing, the whole wall is covered in these fish and birds that are full of plastic and whales that they're cutting fishing line out of. And you just think, no, okay, no, this, like, that, that hits me. It probably doesn't hit other people. Um, I was saying to someone the other day, uh, when I was traveling in Hong Kong, I wasn't as bothered by the dogs and the cats in cages. I was bothered by the fish that were in bags. Yeah. Um, I've grown up diving since 11. I've been brought up in the ocean. I've been brought up in, like, that's, that's how I live. So when, when I then found ways that I could become sustainable... It was just like, okay, well, why would I not do this? So wh- why, why, why would money matter when you can save something? Yeah, definitely. And so what did that entail exactly, going yeah, eco-friendly? A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was hard reading your questions. I just sat here with my PA and I'm like, we're going through them. And she's like funding I'm like yeah we didn't get any funding did we she's like no it's really hard work I'm like yeah I know it's so hard work um what does that look like um that looks like 80 pound a month in recycling cost um we use an independent recycling company called green recycling who let who um are landfill free so um 79% of what these are building physically gets recycled the rest of it gets turned into like freeze blocks so like a wax Okay. get turned into breeze blocks that are then um, given to companies that burn re- uh, that burn waste versus fossil fuel. Yeah. Um, oh, LED lights. We've got the most sustainable washing machines. Uh, my carpet's 86% recycled carpet. I remember the bill bill. I found this company, or I'd, I'd got an interior designer. It was the only thing I used her for. And it was, can you find me a recyclable carpet? And she kind of looked at me like, you're mental. <laughs> like, yeah, fine, please. I need it nice quality. I want this kind of color. This is the, what the building looks like. And she came back with a sample, this tiny, tiny little, like, three by three inch sample of carpet. And I, g- I gave it to the builder with all the information. I was like, there you go. And he just looked at me like, you do realize how much this is about to cost you, don't you? <laughs> Jesus. And I went, yeah, I do. He was like, okay. Just keep smiling then. I'm like, yeah, I know how much it's going to cost me, but I know that I want something that's just... Like, we've got coconut matting in my foyer. Like, you wouldn't even notice. It just looks like hessian. Mm. Um, but it's coconut. Um, it's so cool. Like, when you get when you get into it, it gets really geeky and really cool. Um, 
I remember you mentioning the towels. So what are you doing in that sense? Are you, you we, use, we do everything in-house. Yeah. Um, so we don't send out our laundry. Um, everything gets washed on an eco-wash. We use eco washing powder, which is a sustainable washing powder. Um, and we've got a heated airer. So 90% of our stuff gets dried on a heated airer and only goes into the tumble dryer right at the end. So, so was this easily to um, <laughs> like? <laughs> this is blowing I, I, my yeah, mind. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm blowing. No, it's, no it's, it's it's amazing. Like it's it really, really is. good. And like, I, I, but like but even little for things. Me, it's, for me, it's a it's a plastic and an ocean thing. Like when you're my mum scuba dived in like has been to Lembe and she was like, you literally have to sift through crap on the surface of the water to be able to get down to the beautiful creatures that are there. And I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. Not okay. like, I'm going in next October and I'm already dreading it I'm like oh we don't want to have to sift through a nappy to get through the water oh. like oh <laughs> god but it's it's what we're doing and I guess what we don't remember it's like when people put all these lanterns up into the sky when they're doing one of those like christening things or a wedding and you're yeah. like that is going in the ocean where do you think it goes yeah. and then a turtle thinks that it's a jellyfish because it looks like a plastic bag like plastic bags look like jellyfish and a turtle then ingests it. And you think, no one thinks about that. But we're so selfish as human beings that we make all these things for our, for our own use and our own purpose. And we don't think about what we're doing to the, to the animals that, are, that actually have no control. Like people talk to me about sharks. Like, I've got a huge thing about sharks. Shark spinning should be banned globally. It's completely obscene. And... They cut off their fins and they cut off their tails and then they throw them back into the water. They can't move, they can't breathe, they drown. That's horrible. Somehow that's okay because it's a shark and sharks eat people. Sharks don't eat people. I've had a seven-foot shark a foot away from my face. And the only thing I can say is I have a healthy respect for the fact that I'm in its environment. Yeah. Like, it's their home, it's not mine. I've put myself in that environment. Yeah. So while while this is like obviously really strong values for yourself, how how have you managed to I, I suppose with your team like how have your team always been on board with it since the the recruitment process or is this something that you've kind of you've had to I suppose teach them almost yeah like like how do you uh, work this in? Of both. A combination of both. I guess it helps them that the whole building sustainable. Yeah. Um, and that anything they put in the rubbish gets recycled. So it's done for them. Um, I don't know. You'd have, I guess you'd have to ask them. I guess it was a massive part of my recruitment. Um, in terms of I wasn't... For me, the, like with the building, the line that we walked along was clean. Mm-hmm. I want clean people. I want a clean clean building. It has to be clean. It has to be sustainable. Um, I've spent that a little bit now employing people because I was obviously living in a very idealistic world that they were going to eat clean like I do. Um, I'm not vegan, but um, I nourish my body. And I kind of was expecting them to do the same, Um, which is a little bit unachievable now I look back, Um, especially when they come in with bags of biscuits and chocolate and God knows what else. Um, But it's just about educating them on, on body fuel. Um, and you actually, if you're going to do six hours of massage back to back, you're going to need to eat something other than chocolate and sweets because your blood sugar is going to go. Um, so you've got a very clean canteen. Guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess in terms, they just, they know where I stand on it. Yeah. Um, I guess I've made their lives very, very easy. They have reusable plastic bottles. They get, they know I get really snotty when they come in with plastic bottles, like just an Evian plastic bottle and throw it in the bin. 
um, I bought them bottles as part of their um, welcome pack. So hmm. um, they have bottles with carbon filters in them that filter the water for them. So you're um, you're given the opportunities there because, like we said, like it's it's not always easy to change someone's mindset or kind of force no. things on, upon them. But you're actually you're you're providing the resources so that yeah. they would be the on board. The transition is easier. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's very I'm very very strong minded on a lot of this stuff. <sighs> um, so it's I would never want to preach what I have. What, the way that I believe, I don't believe in preaching. I don't believe that um, I should force them to be a certain way. I would hope that some of what I have done get through. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming it does because they're still there. We're seven months in and they're still here. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, the biggest achievement, I think, of my life to have opened a salon with going from one person and a PA who only works 12 hours a week to a team of... Um, four in my building a three-story five treatment room salon and we're all still there so but yeah it all, achievement. It, all <laughs> it all comes back to culture fit i mean like at the end of the day you are the salon owner and you're only going to like you, your salon your business can only succeed if you've got the right people like not just yeah, the, the right skills people. in place but the right people that will fit your culture and kind of share your visions and that's what we always yeah. say with salons and stuff mm. like that you're not just hiring skills you're hiring the same people or people who are going to have the same mindset as you yeah like my PA so my PA um, Rach who's incredible and probably deserves way more credit than she gets um, the salon wouldn't have been possible without her like I was in treatment nine till nine trying to earn the money to cover this yeah, and she was the one that was there with the builders. I did the floor plans and the drawings of exactly what I wanted. I, she knew where my line was, and we talk about it every day. But she was the one that was helping me do the research. She was the one that was there with the builders. She knew where the line was on what's sustainable. She knew that I wasn't going to be prepared to have lights that weren't LED, yeah. but they had to be the right color LED, um, washing machine, all the stupid stuff. It was there was a line. What well, is it clean or is it not? Yeah, and and as the first UK uh, 100% eco-friendly salon, did you get any government support at all? No. No, that's what, like, you were saying with the questions when you read it, you were like, government grants, what? That That's the bit I find really hard to believe, that all these people are telling um, us, that, as, yeah, yeah. they're telling us that we need to go green, fit solar panels, things like those, but they're not willing to provide any grants. We, yeah, we haven't, we haven't got solar panels, we won't get planning for it. Yeah. So um, because because we're in a Victorian old Victorian building, we, we won't get planning um, for solar panel. So, so because there are no like I suppose there's no available aids and grants, and you were saying that it was very expensive originally. Like, do you have any I suppose advice for anyone who is looking to kind of I suppose move in this sort of direction for their business? Because you've obviously done all the hard work, you've done all the research yourself. Like you were saying, there was no one that would support you at the time. But do you offer advice or support to other people now? Or is there somewhere that people could go to find out more about this? Um, I don't know. It's something I'm looking at. For me, personally, it's making tiny changes. Yeah. So it's not hard. Like, it's not hard to recycle. Um, I don't know how good the local councils are at recycling. Um without going any further into it. I don't know. Um, I've heard a lot of stories. Um, if you're only a single person, it wouldn't cost you that much to find a recycling company that would do it for you. Um, 
if it's 40 quid a week, like 40 quid a month, what, that's one wax? That's an hour of your time out of a whole month. There. Like, that's the way that I, that, that I work that out. Two Hollywood waxes is £84. So an hour of my time covers my recycling cost. Yeah. Um, it's that simple. It's, it's not hard. Um, it's just making tiny changes, moving to LED lights, moving... Um, I don't agree with single-split single, single split couch roll, but some people do that. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's simple, it's small, small things that make a really big difference. Having a reusable bottle instead of buying one from Ebbs from Tesco and every on bottle every day, that makes a huge difference. The less people that are doing it and using, or ref, if you're going to buy an Evian bottle, refill it five times out of the pack. Make sure you're getting your use out of stuff. Yeah. Um, for me, like a really big thing that we moved into, um, which was just luck, I would say, actually. Um, I love books. So um, I bought a really, seen on Instagram, the Eat Beautiful book. And I was like, oh, that's one of like, my whole thing is Hey Beautiful. Um, and I saw that book and I bought it, a beautiful hardback book. And I had it in my old salon sitting and everyone sat and picked it up. No one looked at the magazine. <laughs> and I was like, why am I spending all this money on a magazine subscription? when I could just have a beautiful book. So we now have a library. We don't have books. We don't have uh, magazines because I don't agree with monthly magazines. But think how much we throw away. Like that's an obscene amount of paper. And like we don't recycle that. Like that doesn't, that doesn't go, we don't have that in our salon. We have cookery books and recipes and um, personal development books and travel, Mr. and Mrs. Smith books. Oh, that's really um, that's really nice. It must give such a different experience as well. Well, most yeah, people are going to sit. Actually, people people can sit and take a picture of what they're going to make for dinner. <laughs> yeah, but like you define, most people are sitting there in the waiting room on their phone anyway, so they don't need yeah. that this week's monthly or this week's magazine because they've already got all that information anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was it was one of the small small slash big changes. It, it was just lucky for me. I can now put books through business because they all fit in the salon. I, t- um, I think you have especially a... like women in my mastermind group that I'll, I'll put a picture of my books on Instagram <laughs> I'll turn up to another meeting and or I'll get a book in the post this isn't on your bookshelf but oh cool thanks <laughs> <laughs> amazing well, I, I think you've uh, you've essentially got another project there that you could work on. Maybe maybe would you ever do a TED talk on this? Because just from yeah. from what you've told us there, it's absolutely blown our minds. Like we were actually stuck for questions. We thought this was going to be a nice and fluid one, but you've just really opened us up to a whole new world <laughs> of it. And like if if you could go around and do talks like that, people are definitely gonna benefit from it. Oh, uh, do you know what the I'm gutted. There was a TED talk in Chelmsford, um, which is where I'm where I am and it's in a couple of weeks and I missed the deadline I only found out about it um six weeks after the deadline but it was underneath the surface and I'm like oh my god that's so me I was like you have got a better themed TED talk ever um but I missed out on that one yeah and I'm, I'm working on it um I'd love to go into consultancy on it um yeah, I think I think that would be really trying, great. I'm still, I'm still trying to get a new business off the ground. Technically, although we were open, I was open running for five and a half years on my own. We've only um, this is very much a new venture, going from one room with very minimal overhead cost to a building that's costing me twenty grand a month. is It's a lot of money. Um, and it's really hard work. 
<laughs> I'm sitting here smiling I'm in absolute awe of what you're doing because you're the same age as myself and Zoe here and the things that you've achieved and the things you've done it's just like wow <laughs> it really is yeah, like, it's very impressive you. very very yeah. impressive um, well yeah just yeah, as, I, just need, I just need some eco awards now once I got the eco awards that's, that's our next <laughs> that's our next thing well look eco yeah we're going to be sharing your story online anyway. Um, we're going to send you over Thank the you. episode. Feel free to use. But yeah, I mean, like even write a blog <laughs> on your post if there was anywhere that anyone could start because it, it's just, it's, like you said, it's just starting. It's just taking one step at a time. It doesn't have to be full on like you were doing originally. It's just little changes here and there. But every every change makes a difference. Yeah, and I think that being questioned on it, when, when you have a... It was. It literally was a series of events. It was speaking to the right people. It was being pushed in the right direction. It was. You do realise if you if you believe if you really love the planet, you would you like the thing that you earn your money from, the thing that you spend your life doing. Why would you not make it so it's helping the planet? I, I've got I've got these amazing ideas. Like I would love. In, for a staff trip to take them up to Scotland and plant trees I would love to be able to go to Africa and do wells and stuff like that like, and then you realise actually when you start running it it's like, oh, that costs a lot of money <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe not um, it's hard enough to get them to go to London for an evening to find the money to do that let alone take them off to go and plant trees um, but there's stuff like on one of um, one of my friends lives down in Brighton. They do beach combing and they go and clean up the beaches in Brighton. And you think, well, we can go and do that on a Saturday afternoon. It's all a, it's all it's a, it's, a, it's a tiny thing. You can you can almost thing. make it a team activity. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can always find the time. thing is but... really difficult. Finding money is really hard. Yeah. Um, it's the most frustrating thing I think as an entrepreneur. Um, when. <laughs> When you've got, I've got two brothers that are at university and they get given God knows how much, what you can get, how much the degree, 30 grand. Hmm. And you think, you know, if you gave that 30 grand to an entrepreneur, they could turn it into a million if you just let them. And they don't. Like, I tried, I tried to get a grant. I tried to get support. I tried to get local council help. I got nothing. I didn't get coaching. I didn't get support. I have had absolutely no help at all. I've gone and found it and sourced it myself. Um, the most I could get on a loan was £2,500. And I sat there going, you do realise that my soundproofing alone is seven and a half grand. My flooring <sighs> is 10 grand. My carpet is God knows how much. And he sat there going, yeah, well, I was like, well, your £2,500 isn't going to help me at all. It doesn't even touch the sides. That's one and a half couches. I've got five treatment couches. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, it's... Money when when you get into the money, it's just it's just yeah, it's, it's hard. It's exhausting, and it's, I think people really underestimate it. They see it as something so beautiful, and you're like, you, yeah, it's cost a lot of money. So well, all the yeah, it's been five and a half years of bloody hard work. And, and, and do your clients yeah. see all this? Do they? Did they see how much work no. and effort you've put into, or do they just look at it as it's a salon? Um. I haven't done enough. Um, I, to be honest, I've just been trying to keep my head above the water. Yeah. Um, and trying to keep breathing through first having a team, having a building, keeping it functioning. Um, I don't think people know how sustainable it is. Um, I'm trying to do a lot more on it. Like some of the Instagram posts, like, oh, we're 100% like, by, by coming to us, you're helping the planet. All that kind of stuff. Um, That's actually how I, I came across it. Yeah. Pardon? That's actually how I came across it through Instagram. Yeah, 
yeah um so i'm trying um it's just the it's just having the energy and the momentum to put into it um i don't really have a pr people behind me if i had if i had like a whole army of people being like hey can you go and, like wave my eco flag for me while i earn the money to pay for you to do it um it would, it would probably be a lot easier um I've just written an ebook, so I've done my first one of them, which is all about self-care. So I guess I'll do another one on sustainability um, and have it designed beautifully. And then that could be in the salon too. Well, listen, Jenny, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It was really, really insightful and mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> really has. Like Do I get are... a whole load of plastic bottles? In, in the office oh you have them you've got your purple ones yes you, you do we do yeah uh, <laughs> my clients <Yeah>. my cardio <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no jenny thanks a million for being on the show today <laughs> and i i hope by thanks sharing this podcast me. we can do a little bit to help you and support you in, in this movement thank you <laughs> um, no thank you for getting in contact it means a hell of a lot so thank you very much you're very welcome all the congrats to you and your hard work seriously you can be very proud of yourself yeah. very thank very, you. very proud thank of yourself. you very much so usually when we finish up an interview like that, we'll have a, a just a few minutes chat with our interviewee at the end of it. And we just ended up getting so much more gold from Jenny that we're keeping them in, essentially. And like we've chatted to her about this and she's fine with it. So I suppose for the first time ever on Forest FM, here's the, the B-side. I think that's the thing. I don't tell enough people. I think when I first won the awards and stuff, it was all very much, oh, look, look at me. Hi, yeah. here I am. And now it's very much, OK, what can I give back? Um, what, nope. can, what can I give but honestly like it's a, it's a brilliant story because like it, w- it wouldn't have caught our eye only for the fact that you put up the article about uh, being going green in Babtac so that one article yeah, that, that was hard work yeah and that was hard work <laughs> getting get the article was it yeah I need to get out there more with it just I think when you're, when you're running a business it's hard enough anyway I guess for me I've got bigger things like I want a spa and I really that will be 100% sustainable in every single part of it the solar panels I want it in a forest the water everything absolutely everything will be 100% sustainable it's going to cost me an absolute fortune um but that adds to it adds to the experience of going to a salon because it's in the whole point of you're supposed to like it's relaxing and unwinding which means by being eco-friendly, you're even closer again to Earth. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's again, it's just financials. Um, I guess the more I pump out about this, the more likely I will be to get an investor. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, look, you're clearly ambitious, and you've definitely got the drive. Like, just the fact you've done so much in a year from one TED talk. So, like, honestly, wish yeah. you all the best of luck with it. Well, we don't need to wish you the best Thank luck you. with it because you're you're definitely on the right track and you're pushing <laughs> it. And it seems like no one's going to stop you, which is good. Yeah, no, um, I think the recycling stuff helps. Came up with the idea of, um, well, I've I've just been away on a retreat and we were looking at loyalty and actually bringing, for clients to bring their products back to us, they'll get 5% off their next product and we can recycle that bottle. That's actually a good incentive, yeah. That's a really... Like that, isn't it? Like, I've never thought of that. And you think, oh, yeah, well, actually, one, I can either use it as a retail display or two, it can go in my recycling. Yeah. Definitely. That would work. No, ha, like, I don't know why I haven't thought of it before, but it only comes from having conversations with people. It comes from being surrounded by people that are like are in line with what you... Like, they're there to help. Like, I'm very much an advocate of business groups and masterminds, and I do spend a lot of money on it. 
But my God, I would not be where I am without them. I wouldn't be there without the support of having people behind me going, okay, what is that eco? Jenny Lawson, founder of Mimosa Beauty, UK's first 100% eco-friendly salon. So just to wrap off our show, as always, we have our webinars. So... So, yes, uh, this week on Forest Academy, we have the Salon Growth Series, Get More Bookings and Work Less. Uh, so that's on tomorrow from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. UK Ireland time, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. US Eastern time. And we'll show you how to increase your salon's bookings and revenue, eliminate no-shows and last-minute cancellations, and essentially how to get up to seven hours of your life back a week. So if you're looking to get more bookings by working less, this is the webinar you want to tune into. So again, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. UK Ireland time 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. US Eastern time tomorrow October 24th and the next webinar we'll have is on November 6th and we'll chat more about that one on next week's episode it is part two of our series with Valerie Del Forge so if you are eager to learn more about that you can also have a look at our Facebook events section and that's also where you can find tickets for the Salon Growth Series webinar so if you go onto our Facebook page events section uh, find the Salon Growth Series uh, event and then go to find tickets uh, or ticket information sign up there you'll get a unique link through your emails after signing up and that's how you join in on the day so as always if there's anything you want to hear on the show if there's any particular person you want on the show or even if you want us to create a whole new webinar for you (laughs) give us a shout let us know give us some feedback we wish you a wonderful week and we'll catch you next monday all the best